full human rights for sterilized space rocks. That's what I demand, and that's what I'm going to get, and I'm going to fight for it as long as I can. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Bill Whittle here with Steve Green and Scott Ott, and I'm not actually the guy who's fighting for those things. I'm the guy who's actually kind of opposed to them, but there are, in fact, people who are making the argument that uh, we need to grant uh, something that looks a lot like legal personhood. Let's start with the moon. Uh, if we go to the earthlaws.org.au, we can see a declaration of the rights of the moon. And I'm not going to bore you with all of it. I'll just bore you with a couple pieces. Uh, <laughs> we, the people of Earth, acknowledge the unique, intact, interconnected lunar environments and landscapes which exists on the moon. And I'm just, just going, mindful, conscious, the corporation's impact on Earth, ecosystem collapse, somewhere in here. Oh, here it is. Uh, one of the things that we demand uh, for the moon uh, in, uh, in paragraph two is that the moon possesses fundamental rights, which arise from its existence in the universe, mm -hmm. including the right to exist, persist, and continue its vital cycles unaltered, unharmed, unpolluted by human beings. Here's my favorite part. The moon also has the right to maintain ecological integrity. Uh, <laughs> Steve, let's start with you. I looked up ecological integrity and I found the word ecosystem. And uh, it's uh, according to the Oxford Language Dictionary, an ecosystem is a biological community of interacting organisms and their physical environment. Uh, the moon uh, has been in a hard vacuum, exposed to intense radiation, micrometeorite impact, and so on and so on and so on since its formation shortly after the formation of the solar system. So the moon is a big old dead rock, and uh, it doesn't have ecosystems. But the reason I wanted to do this was not to, to talk specifically about this particular brand of virtue signaling lunacy. I want to talk about the idea that that space exploration is about to turn into space exploitation and that I think this is a marvelous thing. And do you think that we need to protect the lunar ecosystems? <laughs> Ecosystem. Like there's only been life on the moon six times and they were all Americans. <laughs> yeah. And I think that really pisses off the left. Oh, we I left a lot really of junk there. Off. You'll be pleased to know. I'm sorry. What we that? just went there. We, we just went there and littered the place. By the way, mm. uh, that's the position of yep. these people. Just went there and littered a bunch of junk. And we stole from its indigenous culture when we brought those moon rocks back. Boy, <laughs> <sighs> listen, uh, we are on the cusp of something great. Um, I, I know I talk about. Psyche 19, at least a couple of times a year, but I got to mention it again. There is an asteroid out there that is mm -hmm. probably unique in the solar system and that it is mostly heavy metals, things like nickel that we can we can mine and smelt and use in space because the most expensive part of space is getting out of the Earth's gravity well. Uh, it's really expensive to do that. The, Bill, what did you tell me? It's 97, 98 percent so of your energy budget. Something like 95, 96 percent of the total energy needed to go to the moon is to get you into low Earth orbit. Maybe yeah. maybe even more than that. Yeah. So getting stuff off the Earth is really hard. Uh, 
But if you've got this thing out there that's supposed to be worth like 80 quadrillion dollars, if you could actually put a price tag on this kind of thing, which you can't. But the real value of Psyche 19 is that there is all this stuff that we can make other stuff with, and it's already outside of the Earth's gravity well. That's a miracle. And, and would you would you please, uh, for our audience, tell them what the estimated dollar value of, of Psyche 19 I, is? I just said, I think it's 80 quadrillion. It's, oh, 80 quadrillion. Yeah, so it's, I, it's, I, missed it. It, I, I believe that's the number, but it's imaginary. You can't actually put a dollar value on that. 80,000 trillion dollars. But the ability to use it is enormous. And we're just now developing the ability to put things into uh, low Earth orbit for something other than – I hate to call it government vanity projects, but you know what I mean. We went to the moon to beat the Soviets and to see if we could. Uh, we have the International Space Station uh, so we can perform some experiments that wouldn't be profitable for business to do. But thanks to things like uh, Falcon 9 and hopefully Starship, we're making this stuff affordable. And the fact that there are all those metals out there means that our ability to use and exploit the solar system will essentially be limitless. That is amazing. The amount of wealth that's going to be generated out into space that will trickle down literally in this case to the Earth. I, I can't even imagine all the possibilities all the human suffering that will be eased, all the wealth and leisure that will be generated, and the fact that a bunch of kooky leftists want to stop all that tells you everything you need to know about the modern American left. Uh, they're Australian, actually. They're Australian? They're, well, I'm I sure think, we've got I ours here, too. I'm sure they're all in the, pretty much the same boat. Yeah. Uh, Scott, you're an annoyingly fair-minded fellow. That <laughs> um, was to the spit take. Ow. <laughs> The argument is made, and it was part of the Outer Space Treaty, that anything above, anything beyond the Earth is is the common heritage of, of all of humanity. Hmm. And when you hear people criticizing the commercial exploitation of space, what they're essentially saying is, no, that all belongs to all of us. And uh, some of them will say, well, nobody should go until we can all go, and other arguments like that. But basically what they're saying is, if there's a 40 quadrillion dollar asteroid out there and someone goes to the trouble of bringing it back, then that doesn't mean they get to keep it. That means the 40 quadrillion dollars needs to be divided equally among every person in the earth. That's that's more or less the argument. What do you think about that argument? Well, I, my understanding is that if you live in Alaska, you get a check for oil you didn't drill, um, which is kind of fun. So maybe that would <laughs> induce more people. Like if if you could tap into that kind of thing, it would induce more people to move to the moon rather than to avoid it to to protect the heritage. I don't know. There are several things behind this whole story that fascinate me. Um, Number one, I'm surprised I'm not hearing anything at all about protecting the Lunar Strategic Cheese Reserves. Um, they didn't even <laughs> mention that. Um, number two, it seems like there's a some group of people in Australia and elsewhere around the world who believe that the moon has more rights than a human baby in utero. Precisely. Um, I do not see these kind of declarations coming out of them with regard uh, to other individuals who might have rights who don't happen to be sterile dead rocks, but very much alive. Um, number three, I think that uh, they misunderstand our intentions. If there's a big happy face on the moon, especially if the United States explorers are heading up there and, and our business people are heading up there, 
we will not eradicate that face. We will light it up. You will be able to see it yeah. no matter the phase of the moon. You will be able that. In fact, it will blink in different colors for different <laughs> seasons. You know, we'll have it in rainbow colors to give tribute to some group of people. And on Fourth of July, it'll be red, white, and blue. I think that this would be nothing but uh, but good will become. Uh, and then finally, I don't understand why they don't go all the way because they basically say that it is the common heritage of humanity, or some higher species. I mean, why why say it's ours? Who are we to declare <laughs> that we have this territory as ours? Don't we need to first do some sort of a poll of the universe and find out if there's anybody who has a prior claim? See, to me, this is the beauty of space exploration. Nobody has a prior claim, right? That's it. All of the all of the criticism of colonialism in the past especially European colonialism, as if that's the only kind of colonialism that ever existed yeah. in the world. But the criticism of colonialism has been, and, and with a fair amount of justification, has been what the colonizers do to the colonized. There are no colonized. There are no indigenous lunar inhabitants. It, you have no moral argument to make. You, you can't say we're taking away somebody's land if there's nobody there. And furthermore, for the people who say, well, you can't develop industry in outer space. There is not a space on planet Earth, not an inch on planet Earth, that is so badly polluted that you couldn't live there for years and years and years. But on the moon, you, you get about three or four seconds before you lose consciousness. It's filled with radiation. There's no air to pollute. There's nothing out there. So what is actually going on here? I wrote a science fiction uh, movie in 2007 where uh, they were on their way out to Jupiter and they had to stop at an asteroid to tank up and get some water ice. And I wrote the scene in such a way that when the guy first actually gets out on the asteroid and lands, he starts hammering this thing into the ground. You think, oh, is it a flag? And it's like, no, it, it says for sale by owner. And, <laughs> and, and I said to myself, when this happens, there are going to be millions, perhaps billions of people on Earth who are going to protest the fact that somebody is using the resources of something that they never knew about, something that is invisible to the eye, something they don't care about, something that they could not possibly access in any way, shape, or form. But the idea that somebody else is out there doing something productive annoys them so much that these sterile space rocks have to be granted human rights because of the self-hatred that they bear. That's really what it comes down to, the self-hatred that they bear. Steve, was it you who said that when you sign, um, when you sign up for Starlink, which is a Elon Musk project, you yeah. have to agree that Earth in, the, in, the, in, your, in your internet connection contract I have the text right here. Do you want me to Please. go ahead and pull it up? Uh, uh, part 10 of Starlink's Terms of Service. For services provided to, on, or in orbit around the planet Earth or the moon, this agreement and any disputes between us arising out of or related to this agreement, including disputes regarding the arbitrarily uh, – uh, 
arbitrarability will be governed by and construed in accordance with the laws of the state of California and the United States for services provided on Mars or in transit to Mars via starship or other starcraft, uh, other spacecraft. The parties recognize Mars as a free planet and that no Earth-based government has the authority or sovereignty over Martian activities. In other words, when you if you are a Starlink customer, when you agreed to this terms of service, you essentially recognized Mars as a sovereign planet, and it's Elon Musk's company and his people that are going to colonize it. When you told me that an internet service provider had a clause in their uh, user agreement that you had to click agree to that said that, yes, we all agree that, that Mars is going to be free of, of Earth's uh, uh, legal restraints. I thought, man, that guy is he's he's way ahead of the way ahead. It's of just the. crazy. Ultimately, folks, it crazy. comes down to two things. It comes down to virtue signaling like we well, we simply find that appalling. The moon should be kept in its natural, pristine condition. Well, guess what? Most of the moon is going to be kept in its natural, pristine condition. And if we dig a big old hole and take stuff out of it, you won't be able to see the hole. And even if you could, you couldn't tell it from all the other holes that are on the moon. So go and pound sand. As far as the argument that it belongs to all of us, my my response to this really is, if you really think it's that valuable, do what we do here in America. If you want to be rich, go make Go go start a business. You want you want some stuff instead of trying to take somebody else's stuff that they've worked hard for and invested all this money, time, lives, and effort into. Go make your own. If you, if, if you don't like the fact that American companies are are making billions or trillions of dollars by mining asteroids, then by all means start your own space program. Go on out there and start shipping product. That's how it works. I find it just originally interesting that the one place where there can no where there cannot be any moral ground against colonization is the one place we're going to see constant arguments on a moral ground against colonization just you watch i just say you want it come up and get it that's my attitude for Steve Green and Scott. Hey, by the way, did you like this episode? Because if you did like this episode and you hit the like button, that's going to make a difference. So thanks very much for doing that. For Steve and Scott, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time on Right Angle.